Our guest today has her own cauldron. I know, right? She makes spell candles. And I have to say, she brought one into the studio and gave it to me. I have to say, it smells fantastic. Full disclosure, I have not lit it yet. It is a banishing candle, so it gets rid of negativity, evil, bad intentions, and all that jazz. And I haven't lit it yet because it smells amazing, and I kind of don't want to burn it. And I'm also saving it, because if I'm going to light a banishing candle, I feel like I should build up all of the bad energy before I, I fully send this thing off. But it smells incredible. I I will continue to say that because it does. I would definitely recommend checking out her spell candles. She's cool. She's a witch? A hedge witch? We don't really know. Not really into the titles. So give the podcast a listen. I think you guys will enjoy it. She's amazing. Please give it up for Azila. So should I be worried? Is there going to be some power behind this candle? What do you mean? What what kind of candle is it? Because I know oh, you do a bunch of different ones, Yeah, right? so that one's a banishing candle. A banishing I just kind of figured, like, everyone's got some shit that they want to get rid of, right? So everyone's got... Can you got... do me a favor? I'm sorry, just try to keep that, like, a fist away from... You can pull oh, it back, yeah. and then that way you don't have to move too much. Yeah, is you can it move too it too close? Is it too close? No, far? you want to keep it, like, a fist away from your mouth. Oh. So you can okay. pull it... Yeah, if you want to pull it back so you're not leaning uncomfortably. Perfect. Okay. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> okay. Um, and we can go headphones, no headphones. It's your call. I really don't care. You want to try the headphones? Sure. There's one right there. Okay. That's going to be your set. We'll see if you like them. How does that sound? Good. I can go higher, lower on the volume? That's okay. fine. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Okay, so the candle. Yeah. So I just figured that everyone has something they want to get rid of you know there there's pretty good assumption yeah there's got to be something in your life that you don't necessarily want to be there anymore some kind of a negative influence so um i just figured without knowing you and never having met you before that would probably be the safest bet to bring you (laughs) wow it smells incredible oh thank you so what is in there is that just the crumbles on top. So what you have on top is black salt. Wow, that smells um, really good. Thank you. Um, it's scented with rosemary. Get rid of negativity, evil, ill intentions, bad luck, unhealthy ties to others, unwanted habits, or any kind of negative influence that you need to cut ties with. Handmade with natural soy wax, black salt, and dr- and dried vervain? Vervain. Yeah. Vervain. Yeah. I don't know what vervain is. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's it's not a super common herb. Um, not a lot of people use it. Um, it's really good for like getting rid of and banishing and just kind of creating some kind of an energetic barrier that sort of blocks off the things you don't want. Okay, so, that's yeah. what the it's a root. A root? Yeah. Yeah. Vervain? Okay. Yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah. Well, that was awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm going to have to light that in here so I can banish all the <laughs> all the darkness out of this room as well. <laughs> so, Azila's Cauldron. Yeah. What is that for people that don't know? Um, 
the name of the company kind of came about in a weird, obscure way. Yeah, we could start about <laughs> we could start with that if you'd like. Okay. About how you got Azula. Okay. So my name is actually Kristen, and um, back when I was really, really young, and I used to, I just got into kind of the whole research process of, you know, witchcraft and folk magic and all that stuff started having this weird dream where I was, you know, long story short, I was signing a whole bunch of letters um, as Azila. And I hadn't, I had never heard that name before, had no idea. And it was actually like, I think you pronounce it Azila Tihi. It was like T-I-H-I, something odd. And I was like, okay, that's weird. Well, I had the dream again, had the dream again and again and again. And I was like, oh, I need to look up what that means. And so I did some research on it, and it's actually something along the lines of um, uh, silent asylum or safe asylum um, in Croatian, which is, I know, super creepy. Surprising. I was freaked out. Um, I was like, ooh, I don't like that. That sounds weird. But then I started thinking about it. And, you know, the word asylum is kind of like a safe space. I know we have kind of a negative connotation with the word asylum. Yeah, today. Insane asylums and things like that. But if you look it up, it means, you know, safe space or like a sanctuary of some kind. And so I was like, okay, well, you know, I can I can work with that. And so um, I kind of started out the business with making candles. And the pot that I used to melt my wax in looks like this big, like, old janky cauldron so i was like okay it's gonna be azila's cauldron that's what i'll call it and it stuck and so you had never heard azila before no the dream no that is weird it is really and it weird. was a recurring dream you had it multiple yes. times yeah i know it sounds creepy and really off the wall and super nutty but yeah that's where that came from well there's a lot of thinking right that dreams are manifestations and i think you kind of fall into that camp right where yeah. dreams have a little nuance to them yeah absolutely i think dreams are kind of a way for our intuition to kind of talk to us you know um in our like waking lives and you know every day we kind of shut that part of ourselves down because we're dealing with you know reality but when we're sleeping we're we don't have that filter in our minds that we're kind of looking at everything through. So I think that that's kind of a way for our subconscious and our intuition to sort of pop up and say like, hey, this is what you need to know. Or, you know, that's also a way for us to deal with the things that we're suppressing or not listening to within ourselves. So I think dreams are super important and they do have big potential to carry a lot of messages. So have you had that dream since? Coming up with Azila's Cauldron? Since realizing what the name meant, no. Really? Yeah. I totally stopped having the dream. How many times would dream. you say that you had the dream? You I would guess. say several times over the course of like a year and a half. So it just, it kept and then it just popping went up away. and then it just went away. That's crazy. So I can only assume that that must have been something, you know, super important. And so had you been doing spell work before starting Azila's Cauldron or did that come... Yeah. After you had Yeah, been. yeah. So I I kind of started um, Azila's Cauldron shortly after I started getting into all the spell work and everything. 
Um, technically, I've been doing all that stuff since I was little. I just didn't really realize it. Um, I. What do you mean by that? Just little things that were kind of passed down, like, you know, in my family um, or from my mom, you know, things I was raised to do. I was raised in a Christian household, but at the same time, we were very like we believed in the power of manifestation. Um, We believed in, you know, spirits and magic and the power like the it was the power of prayer but it wasn't it wasn't prayer it was more like i guess manifesting you know i it's it's a really hard concept to describe <laughs> well it's interesting because in the line of church thinking right those two realms are kind of separate the church and i guess you would say witchcraft or spells yeah those don't really jive there historically yeah they're seen as separate, but honestly, I don't think they are. I think that it's just, um, I think it's just kind of, without offending anybody. Oh, you can offend people. That's okay. <laughs> you can do that here. I think it's just kind of the, sort of the realm that you're looking at it from so like something that i would do could be the same thing that is done in church but if it's them doing it it's okay but if it's me doing the same thing it's not okay do you have an example of that um because one that comes to mind for me is lighting of the candles in church right but i've never and I don't really know that much about that, so I'm going out on a limb here. But normally that's in the passing of a loved one, right? Or if you you hope to not achieve something, but maybe life is a little rough, you would go and light a candle in the hopes that maybe things will get better. Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of what you do with your candles yeah. to some extent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if it's seen as coming from, you know, whatever it is that you're receiving for them as far as I'm, you know, as, as far as my understanding goes, it's seen as coming from a blessing from their God. Whereas if it's anyone else doing it in any other context, it's seen as of the devil, you know? So, um, or if it's anything other than coming from, um, God, then it's bad. It's evil. Yeah. Yeah. Were your parents involved in, like, creating spells? What would you call that? Witchcraft? What What is the name for that? I would say a good umbrella term is probably witchcraft. Witchcraft. Um, because it does kind of, it does describe a lot of... Hits know. all your bases. Yeah, it yeah. does, yeah. Were yeah. your parents, did your parents do that? You just kind Not, of found it. No, um, I... It's funny because I look back at, like, some of the things my mom used to do. Um, and I think that it, you know, it was borderline spell work and it was, you know, but she wouldn't call it that. She would be like, oh no, you know, she, she's scared of what I do. And, you know, I'll tell her sometimes and she'll be like, don't tell me about that. But I'll be like, mom, (laughs) come on. (laughs) You know, I think it's just a matter of like 
how you look at it. Um, a lot of the things that I do is kind of falls under the folk magic um, umbrella, which is kind of like those, you know, those stories, old, old wives tales and, you know, things that your grandma used to say, like, you know, oh, if you use this herb for that, then it's, you know, it's helpful for this. Um, or, you know, the throwing salt over your shoulder or whatever it is that, you know, just those stories that, you know, grandma or great grandma would tell you. It's all a form of like, you know, that belief system. To me, like I see it as witchcraft, like, okay, <laughs> you know, but to them, it's just superstition or, you know, something like that. Well, the big one is knock on wood, right? If you say something that bad or if you think something bad, you have to knock on wood yeah. to counteract that. Which, yeah. how crazy is that? It doesn't do anything. I know. And yet you have to do it. Yeah. I think superstition plays a lot into it and belief plays a lot into it. You know, if you believe that you're going to get bad luck as a result of something you're doing or not doing, you're going to, you know, it's probably going to happen to you just because you believe it's going to happen. Yes. Manifesting is huge. Mm hmm and it sounds corny when you say it like that. When people hear manifestation, they start rolling their eyes and you're like, I, yeah, I get it. Yeah. But you can, and I don't know if maybe it's not manifestation, but you can bring things about by hyper-focusing on them. Good things and bad things. If you yeah. think the worst is going to happen, odds are the worst is going to happen. Yeah. And the same is true if you think, okay, this is going to be okay. I'm going to make it through this. Everything's going to be all right. Then that's probably going to happen. It's all about perspective in some sense. Mm -hmm. Is that... Would you say that carries over into your candles, that a lot of it is intention yeah. and kind of forward thinking in that way? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> a lot of times I have seen like in my craft and with the clients that I deal with and stuff, um, a lot of times people don't trust themselves to be able to, you know, manifest what they want or things like that. And um, sometimes I'll do something for, you know, a client and it's nothing different than what he or she has done for themselves. It's nothing different from what they're doing. Um, and, you know, I could hand the ritual to them. I can hand the ingredients to them. I could tell them exactly how I'm doing it. They could do it themselves but because they don't trust themselves to the level that they trust someone else to do it, it's not going to work out the same for them because they have that internal doubt. But if they hand it to me and say, you know what you're doing, you do it, then it's going to work out because they believe, you know what I mean? They believe, they trust me on a different level than they trust themselves, which sounds horrible. I do the same thing though. You know, sometimes I will not trust the outcome of something myself. I will, um, like, for example, when I'm doing readings for myself, I second guess everything. I'm like, okay, well, I think I, I think I know what I'm seeing in the cards, but I'm going to go get a second opinion. So I have someone else that I go to for that because there's always that level of self-doubt. Do you think that's a control thing? That people want to feel that there's some natural order and that somebody has the power to control that. That okay, I don't I can't, you know, I can't control how this turns out for me. But if I go to this person who says that they can and that they can see what my future is gonna be, I can trust that because they're I, I wanna believe in that. 
There's like that weird dynamic of the unknown, right? Yeah. Where people do not like the concept of just random acts happening. Yes. Just good things happening to bad people, bad things happening to good people. It's easier if you go to someone and they say, okay, something bad is going to happen. And then you're prepped for it. Okay, something bad's going to happen. I'm prepared. I can handle it. Yeah. Yeah. What, I wonder what that stems from. I think it's just that control issue where people want to be in control. They want to have that power. Yeah. Um, to some extent, right? Yeah. Or I think that there's kind of a need. Um, it kind of reminds me of why people like that whole Jesus take the wheel thing. You That's know? another big one. Yeah. Um, just that need to kind of have that trust that someone else has got it or um, there is something bigger that is, you know, controlling things. There's something bigger that has um, the whole order of everything and life and all of that down. And it's all going to go a certain way and you can just kind of release it and let it go. And, you know, someone else has got it. Somebody else is in control. Yeah. I don't have to worry. I don't have yeah. to stress. Yeah. They've got it figured out. We're kind of in that situation with, not to get like political or anything, but just societal wise, right? Where we elect a president and we hope this person has it under control. I don't have to worry about global affairs because we have this president and this president is going to handle it. Yeah. I'm okay. I can just go about living my life, focusing on my small little things. They've got the big picture. Yeah. I think there's a lot of levels that we kind of have a tendency to do that on. Do you notice that with a lot of people that come to you is they're they're hoping that you're going to take control and say, okay, this is what's going to happen for you. Here's this candle. This candle is going to clear, clear out all the cobwebs. You're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Life's going to go on. Just take a breath. It's going to be all right. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that um, I do notice a lot of times with like my with my um, clients that I do readings for, um, my readings tend to frustrate people a lot because I am very, you know, like you have the power. You have control over, you know, your choices dictate everything that happens in your life. And a lot of people don't want to hear that. So, um my goal is to kind of lay out like, you know, here are your choices. Here's what you can do. Here's what will happen if you go this route. Here's what will happen if you go that route. But it's all up to you. People don't like that. <laughs> so you leave options open for them. Yeah. Yeah, that could be a problem. Yeah. Like, no, I want you to tell me what to do. How yep. do I, what path do I have to take to where my life pans out perfectly? Yeah. That's what I want. Yeah. Are these tarot? readings that we're talking about yeah yeah okay. the, yeah the tarot readings with the cards tarot is that how you say it? i tarot, say tarot yeah. tarot yeah. can you explain that to me because i don't understand that it's like it's just a deck of cards and if you draw a certain card it's got a meaning behind it yeah yeah so every card in the deck has a pre-designated meaning um i just kind of i'll let the client you know ask questions or you know we'll pick a certain topic and i'll just start pulling cards um, and what happens with me is when I pull cards, like I know what each card means, um, how they relate to each other and what cards get drawn with other cards around it. It just creates this like picture in my mind right away. So um, just I know it's 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 kind of hard to explain, but 
the first thing that comes into my mind, like I just know, like this is the message that is coming up with these cards and this is how it's relevant to you. The message in terms of how all the cards piece together. Mm-hmm. Okay. And are, do does each card have a specific meaning or that meaning can change depending on the cards that are drawn with it? It can change depending on, I mean. So you need all of the cards to be drawn to have like an accurate picture of where this is going to go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like one card can, one particular card can have, you know, it's, it's got positive, um, it's got positive aspects of it. It's got negative aspects of it. And whichever one is prevalent during that reading depends on, you know, what the topic is, first of all, and um, what the cards are around it. So how you read that one card kind of depends on the whole picture of all of the cards that come up. That's interesting. I've never done a tarot reading or anything. <laughs> we'll like have that. to do one yeah, sometime. I, I'm fascinated by the idea. And I don't know how it, how, does it, so it's question based as well. You have to ask a question and then that's how the cards get drawn? Not necessarily. You could just come in and have the cards drawn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Does that change the meaning behind it? Like if they asked you a specific question and you started drawing cards, would you form a different interpretation than if they just walked in? Okay. Yeah. So, um, for example, if a client doesn't have a question, they just want to see whatever comes up in the cards. Um, I will use the cards as a cue for what topic is being brought up or what topic is being talked about, um, within the cards. Um, so a lot of times the big ones are like money and work, um, Sometimes it's family that comes up a lot um, and like family relationships, um, love comes up a lot, just whatever. It usually tends to be um, the one thing that they're having the most trouble with in their life. And I think it's crazy that that's what usually it, it usually corresponds. So whatever they're having trouble with that's what i'll see in the cards right away even though i know nothing about them or what's going on in their life or you know even if i've never met them before how much does the idea of leading come into play with that right because that's the big one everybody talks about is when you go especially to like a medium Mm -hmm. a lot of people say oh they're just leading you in the direction that that you want to go and they're just following you there and then it portrays in this way where it's like they knew everything about you but they didn't because you just kind of followed them into that place. Does that make sense? Did I, that I think so. I think I know what you're talking about. The and big one is like if you went to a medium and you're like, I'm going through this really rough time in my life. And then they say, oh, did somebody die? And you're like, yeah, yeah, somebody did mm. die. And then was it was it a family member? Yeah, yeah, it was a family. Like, and it's just this walking, you're walking down this path because yeah. you want to go there and they're kind of just following you through that. So, excuse me, that frustrates me to no end. Frustrates me so much because I I do see that all the time. I'm sorry. Can you pull that just a tad bit closer? Yeah. Perfect. Better? Yep. Okay. So, I do see that all the time um, where people fall victim to something like that. Um, I've heard it referred to as um, cold reading. So, 
it's that situation where it's like, oh, you know, there's this person and I'm getting an L. Is there someone with an L name? And it's, you know, looking for cues in the client for like, does that resonate or does it not resonate? And if it doesn't resonate, then, you know, I don't do that. It bothers me so much that people do that because it, like, you're basically handing them the information that they need to read you. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. You put yeah. it a little more concisely. Yeah. Yes. Um, I don't like that at all. Um, I do think that there is something. I can see where um, it is helpful for people on one hand. Um, because that's the type of situation where sometimes people go to readers because they want to hear what they want to hear or they need to hear what they want to hear. And readers like that are in the business of telling people what they want to hear, you know, and sometimes that's just what someone needs. It's a closure thing. It is. Yeah, it is. Um, it's a like, it's comforting, you know. Um, I am not that way. I don't care if you're comforted. <laughs> I want you to hear what you need to hear, even if it, that is the hardest thing for you to hear. Um, so a lot of times I will um, – bring up what's coming up in the cards and like I don't need you to tell me any information I don't need you to excuse me I don't need you to confirm if it's right or not you just need to hear what's being said if you want to tell me something you can after the reading is done um and we'll go from there but I don't like to I actually prefer for my clients not to tell me anything is that because you don't want to be influenced by what they're saying Yes. And I also don't want them to feel like I'm being influenced by what they're saying. So. Yes. Yeah. That seems to be a a big issue, right? Yeah. Is those people that are just looking for some closure and then they get taken advantage of. I went to, yeah. I don't know if you know who Teresa Caputo is. I've heard of her. Yeah. She's like the Long Island medium. I don't know if that's right. But she's a medium. She does kind of those seance things, I believe, where you can come in and get a personal reading. Yeah. I went to one of her shows with my family one time. My mom really wanted to go. And she she would walk through the crowd and pick a random person and then go on this spiel about, oh, your your daughter died and, and she's I'm connecting to her and she's telling me that she really loves you and all of this stuff. And I remember sitting there the whole time. I was like, what is, what is what is happening here? Wow. Because it's hard... I believe in ghosts. I I think ghosts are real. But can somebody connect to that? And can somebody say, oh, this is your family member? And that kind of seems like a stretch for me. And especially when you have this person who's making a lot of money doing stuff like that. The skeptic Mm -hmm. in me kind of goes, yeah, but what are we we doing here? Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, I think it's a little... I, I mean, I, I don't want to say that it's not true because I don't, you know, I don't know. Like, also, I don't, I don't like talking crap about anyone else, but, you know, in their, their business or what they do. But 
it's a little um, far-fetched to assume that, you know, someone's loved one who has passed is going to come up on demand like that um, in such a public situation. Um, you know what I mean? It just... There's I, a lot of dots that you have yeah. to connect and it gets a little dicey. Yeah. Yeah. Not to talk shit on her. I mean, she's clearly successful in what yeah. she's doing. She makes a lot of money. Yeah. And she, she does is really popular. Shows. And burden of proof. I mean, who knows, right? Maybe she's just really connected and fooling everybody. But maybe yeah. she's not. I think yeah. that's hard. I think the people that go to those shows most of the time we're looking for something and hoping to have some some dot connected that they can't do on their own. Yeah. And she provides that for them. Yeah. And I don't know if that's good or bad. You can make an argument both ways. You could. You could. I don't think it's necessarily um, either one. It just gets dicey when money comes into play, right? Because if she was just doing this, providing this closure for people, you'd say, yeah, who's she hurting? It's when the money comes into play and people start That's yeah. on a drift. That's true. Um, but then again, there's... You could say the same thing about gambling. Yeah. We let that happen. Yeah. People just sit at slot machines until yeah. they have no more money. And that just happens. Yeah. You could say the same about a lot of different industries that we, you know, pay good money um, to make us feel better in one way or another. Um, Yeah, it's I guess it's all just a matter of what people are willing to pay for, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Everybody's trying to fill something. Yeah. To some extent. Yeah. Everybody's got their own way of spending money on it. Yeah. So does that bother you when you hear of people like that? Or are you just a little more skeptical in terms of, I, I don't really know. So you wouldn't pass judgment. Um, People like. I guess the mediumship is a good one. Prime example. How do you feel about that? It it does bother me um, to a certain extent because I do get a lot of clients who um, come to me. Um, like, for example, I got a client who reached out last week um, saying that, you know, she's been scammed and um, she paid a lot of money to someone who she now realizes was just telling her what she wanted to hear and, um, you know, took the money and then blocked her. And, you know, what do you do? What can you do? Yeah. What can you do? Exactly. Like, I... It is frustrating because situations like that give us all a bad name, you know, um, and it kind of creates that level of um, distrust and makes us all look like we're potential scammers, you know, so. Yeah, because you guys get <laughs> lumped in together, right? Yeah. It's just one big realm. So if yeah. somebody spoils something, it falls back on on everybody. Yeah. That's a problem. Yeah. That's just human nature, though. We like to put people in boxes. So anybody that's affiliated with anything that goes sideways, it's everybody in that box now. Yeah. Do you have, does that happen a lot? People come to you 
that have had bad experiences with other people mm-hmm. and say, hey, are they more skeptical when they come to you then? Or they're still searching for something and just hoping you're legit? Surprisingly, um, I don't have much, ex- I, I don't particularly get people who come to me and are still skeptical even after they've been scammed or, you know, they believe they've been scammed or other people that they've gone to, you know, stuff doesn't work or things like that. Um, or they've been promised something that just isn't promisable. You know, like um, I did get a client one time where he paid a lot of money to um, have a practitioner make it so that he was going to win the lottery. And like Oh, this poor guy. Yeah. Like this is not gonna end well. I had to tell him, I was like, okay, bro, I'm so sorry. But that's just not that's that's not something that's realistic. That's not something that even like I mean, even the devil's right hand couldn't do that for you, bro. Like, come on. (laughs) That's a big ask. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. And it's so um just the odds of that happening alone. I mean, we can do things like we can cha- we can make energetic shifts for you here and there. We can, you know, change your outlook on things so that you're attracting more opportunities your way. But we're not going to rig the whole lotto system like that. That's just not something that, you know, it just there's a level of being realistic versus being completely unrealistic and it's it's sad that some people believe that you know practitioners can just move mountains at the drop of a hat so i don't know (laughs) well and in that guy's case you feel bad for him yeah but then you also think well yeah dummy what what did you expect (laughs) to happen i mean right this is the guy that probably would have blown all that money buying lottery tickets yeah. Which maybe he would have, I don't know, gotten some money back that way, but. Yeah. yeah. What do you expect? <sighs> do you know how much money he spent on trying to make that happen? Is this his, did he go to a spell caster to do that? Yes. And they said, hey, I've got, I've got just the thing. And he had told me that he'd been to several. Several that turned him down. Several who told him that they could get him that result. And he paid them. He, and So this happened multiple times yes. for this guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a problem. Yeah. And then he comes to me and he's like, can you do it? Can you do it? I'm like, sorry to break it to you, hon. No, that's not a thing. Um, but, you know, of course, what I have to offer is I can help you in more sustainable ways so my goal is to make your life work better for you in ways that make sense for you so for example like attracting um attracting work your way that is actually going to be like consistent ways of bringing in money um or helping you get rid of your habits that, you know, is just eating up your money and things like that. So 
I aim to turn to help people turn their lives around in those small practical ways. But a lot of people don't want that. They want They want the big ticket item. Yeah, they want to win the lotto tomorrow, but that's just not No. You'd you'd have to make quite a deal <laughs> with with uh somebody, I don't know who, to get that to happen. Is that the this I'm I'm thinking about how I want to phrase this. Is that the extent of the power of spells that you can't make those giant drastic changes? It's you said like energy shifts. It's these small minute tweaks in how you spend your money or how you look at something. Or is that just how you deal with it? That's how I deal with it because at least it's my belief that that creates more um, long-lasting changes. So in my experience, those big, um, like, fast, major changes are very short-lived. So if you make a huge change right away and you get, like, like say, say you were to get um, $10,000 that falls into your lap, right away like tomorrow you just random check for ten thousand dollars ten thousand dollars is going to help you pay off a couple of your bills probably um you might be able to pay off the rest of your car loan whatever it is that you have and then what you know and then you're back in the same situation that you're in before you don't have a regular income you don't have you know any way of sustaining that it's just a one-time deal and it's over so I I really like those long term, like the slow changes over the long term that help you um, keep things like in a more, I guess, higher state um, rather than just a quick spike and then go right back down. Does that make sense? Yeah, to keep it more sustainable. Yeah, yeah. If you have these high peaks, it's not. You yeah. can't keep finding $10,000. I mean, finding it once would be great. You can't keep right. hoping to find $10,000 right. every week right. to pay for your bills. Yeah. Okay. So it's more manageable that way. Yeah. Do you find a lot of... This is a weird question. Do you find a lot of success with the spell candles that you cast? Yes. I do, yeah. In terms of the person's life? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So um, I do get a lot of um actually don't think I've ever gotten anyone you know coming back at me and saying oh it didn't work you know blah 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 I'm so upset um they do work for everyone in different ways though and I think that that's what's really interesting is they create those little energetic shifts that make the most sense for the person who has it so, like, if I were to burn that candle, that banishing candle, it would work in a different way for me than it would work for you. Because it it makes sense for it to work the way that it's working for me, um, but it necessarily wouldn't make so much sense working in that same way for you. In terms of what we're trying to banish. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you think, tying back into the theme of 
of intention. Would you attribute a lot of that to the intention of if somebody comes to you and says, hey, I want a candle to bring about, you know, more financial stability in my life, then they're kind of primed for that. So you create this candle, you create this spell, and they're almost already, again, primed for that to happen. So they're more aware. So when the opportunity does present itself, they can actually take advantage of it. Yeah, I think so. Because people hear magic and they start kind of rolling their eyes, right? Yeah. Do you get that a lot? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Would you attribute that more? Because, I, I mean, how, how do you define what magic is, right? Some people say that magic isn't real, but they believe in miracles. Mm-hmm. Well, what, is mir- what, what does that mean? What's a miracle? Yeah. What do you have it when somebody drives off a cliff and they survive? Without without any serious damage. They walk away with a scratch. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. It could have been happens. a miracle. It could have been my car protection charm. You never know. Do you have a car protection charm? I car? do. do yeah. Really? yeah. Oh, that was perfect. Yeah. Chris, look. <laughs> wow. A car protection charm. So that would specifically protect your car. Well, it protects um, the carrier during travel. So it works in the car. It works on a plane. It works, you know, it any... Anytime you're moving from point A to point B um, by some kind of a mode of fast travel, that's what it's intended for. Is it life lasting or you need a candle for each trip? No. So it's um, it's not a candle. It's like a little sachet bag um, that I make. It's, I don't it's, know what a sachet is. So I don't think I have I, – my I have one in my car, um, but it's like a little um, – burlap like sack that's like tied with like little things in it and you just kind of hide it like under the seat of your car or um in the center console or whatever and it just does its thing um it's kind of the same though as you know I've seen people hang crosses from their rear view mirror you know i've seen people keep things in their car that's like a little superstition um whatnot that they believe you know protects them while they're traveling or keeps their car safe or keeps them safe you know keeps avoids accidents or whatever it is that it does um so i i think that it's a very similar concept it's just something that I make that, of course, you know, the ingredients have the correspondences that go along with, um, you know, travel. And it all goes back to that, you know, su- certain ingredients are traditionally believed to have, like, this property. Um or, you know, the crystals that are used, like they're believed to have this property. I've got a crystal right there that's <laughs> supposed to cleanse the Ooh, room as well. that's pretty. Yeah. That's pretty. Shout out to Jana Campillo. Ooh. Um, yeah, the cross thing is, is huge, right? I know yeah. a lot of people that hang crosses in their car or have a rosary with them mm-hmm. as a protection or to ward off whatever spirits mm-hmm. they think might be around them. That's a real thing. I'm a huge believer in that whatever you believe in whatever you put weight in means something to you obviously and you can attribute that to to anything you could believe in the power of your favorite coffee mug to have a great day right (laughs) and it sounds cheesy but people do that oh if i have this mug and i get my coffee it's going to be a great day and then you don't have that mug one day 
and you're already primed for a shitty day and yeah. that's how your day goes yeah and it's it's just what you put your weight into and what you believe yeah that's a real thing for people there's a <laughs> it, we keep going back to that theme of what you believe in matters and just being primed for success or primed for failure yeah that's funny that you have a protection bag and we were talking about that that's perfect what is it that people normally come to you for? Is it something like that to like ward off a spirit or for protection or is it for the money aspect or for? I think that the number one thing, um, the number one thing is probably relationship problems. The love candles. Yeah. I thought you wrote a blog post about that. I did. Yeah. You are not a fan. Of? Love potions or love candles yeah so um i think that i i have a really love hate relationship with love spells um i do make a love candle but it's not your typical love candle um i gear it more towards attracting the kind of love that's right for you because in my experience if you need a love spell to get the person that you're interested in or to fix the relationship. That's probably not the right person for you to begin with. And, you know, a love spell can work for X amount of time. It can make things, you know, it can turn things around. But if you are just not compatible with that person, no amount of spell work, no amount of anything you do is going to change that. Um, and then you kind of get into the realm of like, should you be changing that person in the first place? Because it's know? more manipulative it is. at that point. It really is. Obviously, yeah, if you guys were perfect for each other, it would probably work out. Yeah. If you need the spell, it's probably not working out. Yeah. And then, you know, it... Like, for example, if, you know, bro wants to come to me because, you know, girl he's interested in said no, and he needs a spell to make her say yes, that's borderline gross, to be honest. So just... Yeah, it's only romantic <laughs> if the girl does it, right? She's like, I really like this guy. And oh, that's He just gross doesn't too. know. <laughs> yeah. No, that's... it works both ways. <laughs> huh. I... Do you believe that are there spells that you could actually get somebody to fall in love with you? Or is it really? Have you done anything like that or you know of any circumstances? No, you wouldn't do that. But you know of circumstances where that's happened? Yeah. Um I And it's worked. Yeah. And it doesn't okay, it does not turn out very well in what my experience. Um it just tends to i mean it just blows up in your face it but really it, does it works in the sense that it does get the person to be attracted to you for some duration of time it it does um i honestly i think what typically happens is it plays on um some level of attraction that was already there um or it, it spells like that play on something that was already there so if there was nothing already there at all then it's probably not going to do anything. But it will, you know, grab onto that one little shred and it will amplify that. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
It's almost like the priming thing again. Yeah. Yeah. But I really feel like you're getting into very dangerous territory when you do stuff like that because it's not, again, going back to that sustainability thing. Like, it's not a sustainable situation. You get yourself involved with this person or you create this level of, like, infatuation or whatever it is. And then it just crashes and burns because if you had to do a spell on them to get them to be interested in you, then that's not the right person for you in the first place. And eventually you will realize why it is that they're not for you in the first place. So. It's interesting that you have these ethical guidelines for you. Is that common in in the space because you hear those horror stories of people taking advantage of others right like the guy trying to get the lottery ticket yeah but you seem very set on no i've i've kind of got this code that i'm gonna i'm gonna maintain with what i do yeah um i i wouldn't necessarily say that it's a code um but my goal is to help and if I'm not helping, then I'm not helping, you know? So it just like, I want to make things better for you. And I have this firm belief that what we want at the time isn't always what's best for us. And I think that it's kind of like, who am I to say what's best for someone else? But at the same time, it's kind of an outside perspective, like, hold on. Take a look at it from, you know, like take a step back and take a look at it. What you want in the moment isn't going to be good for you down the road or it's not going to make things better for you long term. It it'll make you happy now because you're getting what you want now. But at what cost? So I I just like I'm very firm on like my goal is to help and if I know I'm not helping you, I just can't bring myself to do that. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just, it's interesting hearing that because when people hear of this space and like palm readers or anything that is out of their realm of what they think is right to some extent, mm-hmm. they get a little squirmy and they think it's all like the seedy underbelly of the world, especially when you get into witchcraft, right? People hear witchcraft and think, which is burning at the stake, casting spell, like yeah. that, right? There's yeah. that stigma. And yet, if you heard, you know, the reading tea leaves in, what is that, Chinese culture? That's yeah, uh, that's a real thing. But yeah. then it, it lends itself to that cult- cultural aspect too. And that if you brought that over here, people might be a little skeptical. But over there, that's just, practical mm-hmm. i would imagine i think it's just i think it's a little bit different um based on what space you are raised in or you know what space you are in culturally i think it differs what is considered acceptable and what is a little bit eh. yeah um and then I do think that there is a big aspect of, you know, one bad seed is going to ruin it for all of us. Like one 
scammer witch person is gonna you know make us all look like we're um gross scammers and just out to take your money from you so how does one learn how to do the spells is this you're just taking ingredients that you have found are attributed to certain things like that card protection one Mm -hmm. you're just taking basic elements and kind of adding them to your own thing is there a book on on casting spells how does that work there are tons of books so there, i'm not surprised yeah. i said that and as i was thinking about that i was like there's probably thousands of there books. are yeah. thousands and thousands of books and there's a different way of doing everything and then there's different ways of doing those different ways so everyone has i don't know i guess that's the thing about witchcraft is there's no one way to do it there's no right way there's no wrong way there's no um uh user manual there's no like this is how you do it this is you know you you know spin three times and say this chant four times and that's it like there's there's no it doesn't work that way i think it's just all um honestly i think it's all how um how well you can work with energy and you know, it, I I think it's all energy work, honestly. I think it's energy work and belief. I think everyone has a different way of going about that. Yeah. Cause when I hear when I hear witchcraft, I go to the the trope of we're gonna sacrifice a goat under a blood moon and it's gonna we're gonna you know do something crazy like that do you attribute any weight to that is that do people practice witchcraft that i just i do not know anything about the space i'm realizing <laughs> as i'm talking to you about it that's why i'm so fascinated by it yeah is that a real thing or does that carry weight to some people in that space yeah it does i mean there there are different ways of like there there are tons of different um traditions there are there are very um, ritualistic based traditions. Um, and then, you know, there's the traditions of witchcraft that work more like um, organized religions in some way. Um, so, you know, there's different, it's, it's, witchcraft is such an umbrella term, like a hugely umbrella term. It's like, it's kind of like Christianity where you have all these different, like one side of Christianity over here is not going to be the same as, you know, this side over here. It's all under the same umbrella term, but there are very, very different um, traditions and sides of it. So um, witchcraft is the same way in a way. Does that make a little more yeah, sense? Yeah, you have all these different groups that kind of ascribe to the same ideals, but they interpret them in different ways. Yeah, yeah. Do you know people where you're like, oh, I can't go near them because they're on that far side of the witchcraft thing? Is that? Um, No, I, I'm honestly not, um, I, I'm not like deterred or afraid of that, like, other far side it's just not I do have a couple of friends who are very like very into the ritualistic part of it and very like you know working with uh 
spirits and deities and you know I like I do get into all of that too but mine is more um mine is more like a I want to say like um working with nature and you know whatever nature spirits there are and you know just just things like that like I'm very about the natural world and you know herbs and crafting things with herbs and stuff like that which I would describe it as um kind of more along the lines of folk magic I have heard people um tell me that it I practice hedge hedge witchcraft um or I'm a hedge witch I don't know much there's so many like terms and ways to describe everything and like sure that may apply but I I just I try to keep things as simple as possible I don't know what a hedge witch is I it's based on my understanding of it it's um someone who tends to practice with like herbs and um uses like nature and you know like nature is my church that that kind of which I mean it does describe my practice pretty well I just haven't I haven't gone so far into like what the terms mean and I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm super interested in like studying the terms and figuring out what you know category you fit yeah into like categories just don't I, I'm not interested in categories. I do what I do and I know that it works and that's all that I care about, you know? Yeah. Well, that's a good spot to be in. When you break down those boxes, it's kind of pointless, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because then you start getting into, um, I don't know. I feel like when you start caring too much about like, um, categories and the terms of it and adhering to the category that you subscribe to, um, then you kind of start boxing yourself in a little bit too much. And I think that that opens you up to um, doing things just for the sake of conforming to that box. And I think that that's a little bit of a dangerous realm in any situation. Yeah, life in general. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've seen what that does with politics and things like that. So. Doesn't end well. <laughs> yeah, it's never a good thing <laughs> no. when you start just writing the the political line or the party line or your group's yeah. line of thinking. Yeah. It never really works out. No. Huh. And with these so the the hedge is more natural. A hedge witch, that's uh, yeah. what you said? A head hedge witch. Yeah. Hedge witch. Okay. Yeah. And you're more in tune with the natural. Do you do any spiritual work outside, like trying to connect with people that have passed or spirits like that? Um, I don't go out of my way um, to connect with people who have passed. I do get a lot of requests for doing like, you know, mediumship work, like Long Island medium and things mm-hmm. like that. I try to stay away from that because I don't like, I am not going to put myself in a situation where you have paid me to connect you with a, you know, past loved one or something like that. And they're not coming through or I'm not getting any messages related to them at all. 
And I mean, how awkward. Like you're both just sitting at a table. Like, yeah. Okay, I'm <laughs> yeah. just waiting for something to happen like, here. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um I do find that most of my spiritual connections happen in my dreams. Um, so I have had like my loved ones come through and um tell me pretty interesting things during my dreams. And it, it's just very, it's, it's not a situation where you can just say, okay, like, you know, I want to contact, I mean, maybe some people can, maybe some people are better at this than me. Um, you know, just sit down and say, okay, well, you know, I want to contact great granddaddy John or, you know, whoever. And, you know, can you give me some answers about such and such and then get what you asked for? My spiritual connection is not that way. I get what I get when I get it. And I that's just what I have to accept. So I don't know. <laughs> With the dream aspect, because you do dream interpretation? I, I do, guess? yeah. That's okay. Yeah. So you're big on dreams. Yes. And the power of dreams. Yes. What how does that work? Somebody tells you a dream and you just try to interpret the meaning behind that. So, um, dreams tend to be very cryptic and, um, metaphorical in my experience. So like, for example, if you are, um, if you're dreaming of, you know, being trapped in a room and you keep having a dream of being trapped in a room or, um, you keep having a dream of people with no faces, you know, like certain very specific aspects that show up in dreams are going to have a very specific meaning for you. Um, I think it's just a matter of figuring out like what your intuition is trying to tell you, like what your inner self, your subconscious is trying to tell you. Because when we're dreaming, it's our subconscious mind that has um that has the wheel of things our conscious mind is kind of quieted um and our subconscious mind is the one that is trying to process those things that we didn't process when we were awake um our subconscious mind deals with the suppressed things so you know like obviously i'm not a psychologist i don't you know i i've never even dabbled in psychology but I am a firm believer that um, figuring out what your dreams are trying to tell you or why your subconscious mind is bringing these things up in while you're dreaming is very beneficial on a lot of levels because it, I mean, it can do anything from giving us messages that our intuition is trying to tell us, but we can't, like, we can't quite grasp that message um to working through suppressed emotions you know even from like situations in childhood that we haven't dealt with before it's just like it can be very surface level and it can get super super deep so i i do think that our dreams are very important and um kind of listening to that and delving into what's going on there can be super beneficial. Well, yeah, even if you just took a really superficial glance at it, right? 
and you said, okay, I'm having nightmares every night and this has been going on for a couple of weeks. And then you realize, oh yeah, maybe it's because I'm stressed at work yeah. and, or my relationship is falling apart or this is happening and I'm not dealing with it and just having nightmares. Yeah. And it just translates that way in your body because you're not processing it. You're not mm-hmm. working through it. You're not trying to change it. So you're just in this state of chaos going to sleep and having nightmares. Yeah. And that's your subconscious mind kind of sounding alarm bells for you. Like, hey, this is a problem we need to work through. Yeah. And how many people actually work through that versus just suppress it and yeah. keep going forward Yeah, and hope that something changes? Yep. That's a big one. Yeah. Is it different in terms of the people that come to you for a dream reading versus the people that come for a candle or for a spell candle? What do you mean by different? In terms of what they're hoping to get out of it. Would you say that people that are coming for, back to the spell candles, we were, it was predominantly looking for relationship help. Mm-hmm. Would it be predominantly people looking for closure with a loved one or having some nightmare and they can't figure out why it's that's happening, so they're coming to you? Um, yeah, I, I definitely do think that it's a little bit of a different... Um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Demographic, I guess. Um, I'm not really sure if that's, if that answers what you were asking. Yeah. To um, some extent. Well, cause I'm thinking I would probably come to you and buy a candle. Just be like, Oh, cool. like that was a great smelling candle. I would probably buy that candle, but I don't know what it would take for me to go to somebody for a dream reading. Like what kind of wild dream I would have to have or what would, what's keeping me up at night. To make me go say, okay, I need some outside perspective on this. Got it. So I think that um, the people who tend to come for a dream interpretation reading tend to be the people who are a little bit more um, in tune and in touch with um, their dreams and their intuition and kind of the um, spirituality as a whole. Not to say that people who aren't in touch with that aren't interested in, you know, what's going on with their dreams, but I feel like that's something that most people don't realize that, you know, your dreams are trying to tell you something or, you know, you're trying to tell yourself something by the dreams that you're having. So it takes a certain level of realization um, and self-reflection and, um, kind of typically having a dream that bothers you enough, you know, before someone will come and try to get that interpreted. So that's kind of the catalyst. Like for you with the dream of the name, that could have been a catalyst for you to say, okay, yeah, what is this trying to tell me? Yeah. And I, I would have never looked into it if I hadn't been having that dream over and over and over and over again. Was it the exact same each time? It was. That's what... Yeah. freaks me out is when you have those dreams or those nightmares that occur the exact same way each yeah. time and yeah. it's just like on playback yeah it was it was pretty freaky um i mean it wasn't bad or anything like it obviously it, it wasn't a horrible dream it was it was more what bothered me about it was that it seemed so realistic like it was set in the house that i was living in at the time 
um, you know, my dog that I had at the time was also in the dream. It just was the same, like, setup, the same scenario, just me hanging out in the on the back porch where I love to hang out all the time. And I was just signing these letters, which, I mean, we're in the age of technology. Who writes letters anymore? That was one thing that was like, okay, that's a little weird. But then, you know, me signing that name and I just kind of wrote it off as, you know, oh, that's interesting the first several times. And then it just kept know, happening. Yeah. Like, hey, maybe, maybe I should Google that. Yeah. So you never know, like you could be having, you could have a dream, you know, your dream last night could have been something super significant and you don't even know because you didn't look into it, you know? Do you think that every dream has a meaning behind it? Not necessarily. Because okay. I've had some yeah. wild dreams. Where it's like, that's just a throwaway one. We yeah. don't need to talk about that. Yeah. yeah. Like if you, if you go to bed and, you know, you just shot off like a zombie horror film. Uh, you know like probably gonna have some weird dreams yeah your dreams are gonna be influenced by that for sure might be a little biased in that one yeah that yeah yeah i don't know dreams dreams are cross-cultural though right because you have dream cap dream excuse me dream what is it dream catchers oh yeah struggling with that word for a second yeah dream catchers in native american cultures right that's Mm -hmm. a big thing is the power of the dream Mm mm-hmm and I'm sure that there are others that I don't know about that also do that. Like, it seems humans are intuitively connected to the dreams that they have. Yeah. And it's um, it's kind of a universal experience all across the board as well. So, um, you know, we all have dreams. It's just kind of a human thing. It's not a, you know, one culture has dreams differently than another culture does. Like... We all dream pretty much the same way. So I think that there's something to be said about that. And are probably all having different dreams. I don't know of any two people that had the exact same dream. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very personalized. It's very, you know, like it's it's a process that happens to all of us. Um, A lot of people complain that they don't remember their dreams. So I I do think that there is something to be said for the dreams that you do remember, honestly. Isn't that just a wake-up time thing, though? That if you wake up during REM sleep, you're more likely to remember the dream that you had versus if you wake up in deep sleep? I think that it is, um, but I do think that there is a certain... Um, I think that there's a certain... Uh, stage of sleep that we tend to dream in. Yeah, REM sleep, right? I think so. I think it's REM sleep. I think so. It's the dreaming one. Um, I read somewhere, I hor- it's a horrible of me to say this when I don't even remember where I read it, but um, I read somewhere that if you have, like, if you don't dream or if you tend to not remember your dreams, then you should look into... Um, the level of sleep that you're getting every night because you're probably not reaching that stage of sleep or staying in that stage of sleep as long as you should. Um, again, I don't remember, like, don't. We won't quote you. Yeah. Um, disclaimer, <laughs> total yeah. disclaimer on that. Well, if but... you, I mean, for me personally, if I am drinking a lot of alcohol one night and then mm-hmm. go to sleep, I just black out. Mm-hmm. I don't remember 
any dreams that I had. Yeah. It's just a you fall asleep and then you're up. There's no space in between. Yeah, but then, you know, drinking, especially drinking right before bed, affects the way that you sleep. And That is true. Yeah. 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 Negatively. Yes. It's not good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not good at all. Yeah. I don't know. I wanted to, I wanted to say that I read somewhere that it is for some people at least it is dependent on what stage you wake up in as well, but I don't mm. know. I'm not 100% on that one either. But I am pretty sure that REM sleep is when you have the dreams. I think so. And so any decline in that portion of your sleep would probably affect that. It also affects a whole lot of other things. Sleep is huge. About your health, yeah. Yeah, sleep is incredibly important. Yeah. I was reading an article that attributed or was trying to link a decline in your sleep performance to like dementia and early onset Alzheimer's. Oh, I believe it. And that it's all this these cognitive declines that people get are actually attributed to a lack of quality sleep. And processed foods. That's a whole nother realm. But oh, processed yeah. oh, foods my God. was another big one that they were trying to tag onto that. Both of those freak me out. Yeah. Yeah. Well they say that when I mean they say it's been proven that when you sleep that's when, you know, you're healing yourself and your, you know, brain is recovering and, you know, you're doing all the, your body's doing all the things that it needs to do to rest and repair and all that stuff. And if your sleep is messed up, then that you're process is interrupted. Yeah. And that can have a huge negative effect on your health. Yeah. It makes sense when you, when you think about it. The problem is I don't think a lot of people think about it. Yeah, I don't think like so. Like, how important is sleep? I can get by on five hours of sleep. I don't really need a full eight. Like, we'll be okay. Yeah, but if you do that over a long period of time. That's the key, right? It's over that long period of yeah. 20 years, 30 years, 60 years, and then finally it's it catches up with you. Good luck, Your bud. car starts breaking down. <laughs> yeah. Do you make any sleep candles? Candles for sleep? I do, actually. Um, I make a um, lavender candle which is really really good for um promoting sleep lavender is if you burn it right before bed um it is known to affect your ability to like have dreams and remember your dreams um it's also it promotes relaxation and um which is obviously really good right before you go to sleep. It's helpful. Yeah. I think you could say it's helpful. Yeah. Um, and I think that there have been studies that have been done about the scent of lavender alone. So um, I have heard of people like scenting their pillow with lavender to help promote sleep. Um, lavender is just known for it's it's known for promoting rest and relaxation. So um, I make that one. And then I also make um, a dream magic candle, which does have lavender. It also has um, mugwort, which is also known to help induce like, um, I don't want to say prophetic dreams, but um, intuitive dreams. So it's kind of known to sort of put you in that state where um, you are more in tune with your intuition um, and using that right before bed can help with promoting those dreams coming up for you while you're sleeping. I do a eucalyptus <laughs> essential oil in like a diffuser before I go to sleep. I find that helps me. Oh, that's really good. Mm -hmm. Do you do anything with 
essential oils or is that you're more focused on the natural um root aspect i like to use the herb itself um i do get a lot of crap honestly about um not scenting my candles with essential oils but honestly i've done a lot of research about candles and making candles in a safe way and essential oils is not good in candles um it's in terms a, of the chemicals when it burns off? Yeah, so essential oils are okay, but if you use them purely to scent the candle, so if your candle is scented just with essential oils, you would have to use so much essential oil to just get a scent from the candle that it's, um, it, honestly, it's in danger of exploding. <laughs> so... That's not good. No, not good at all. Not good at all. Um, they're most essential oils are very, very flammable when introduced to a flame, and you know, in small amounts, it's okay. But then, um, it's such small amounts that it's not really effective being used in a candle. So, if you're going to use essential oils, do it in a diffuser, not in a candle. Um, just FYI, <laughs> they're essential oils are not good for candles. Um. So because I'm a candle person, I'm like huge about like the use of flame and like I'll just light my herbs on fire. Like that's how that's how I just I just resonate with doing things better that way. Um, essential oils really aren't my thing. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess you have you're using the herbs already, right? You yeah. You already have them. Yeah. So, I mean, the essential oils are derived from the herb. I'm just using the herb. Yeah. Like, which is more just, natural. Yeah. Probably better. I Yeah, I assume so. I mean, I don't know. A lot of people swear by essential oils. That's interesting. You get a lot of crap for not using them. I wouldn't have thought that. I think that there's a fad right now. Um, around essential oils? Around Yeah, around yeah. essential oils. And um, a lot of candles are marketed as like, if you scent them with essential oils, it's, you know, I don't know, it's trendy or something like that. But like... If you really look at it, it's not safe. So And they're just using it for a scent? If yeah. If the if it's used for scent, you have to put so much in there to actually get it to smell that it's not even worth the risk. How do you get how do you get a specific scent in your candles? How does so that work? So I use um I use fragrance oils that are specifically made for candles. What is the difference between that and an essential oil? Um, the difference between that is um, fragrance oils are not derived from like the plant itself. A lot of the fragrance oils that I use are made with essential oils. The difference is it's not purely essential oils. So there's not enough of that essential oil in there to create a problem um, but it's also not enough to scent it by itself, if that makes sense. So these are like, these are lab created fragrance oils that are derived specifically for burning candles. Is it a chemical? Are they deriving it through a chemical process or how does that, I, that might be a little too in depth. It, it, honestly, it is, um, I use the cleanest ones that are available on the market because I myself have really bad allergies to artificial fragrances 
if I I have to be really careful what I burn because I will break out in hives. I will. It's bad. Um, I can't use like scented lotions or anything like that. So like honestly, if I can use these, <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Uh, didn't it's you? I good. think I read on your blog that you can't walk down a a certain aisle at a, like a grocery store with all the chemicals because it's it reacts. The laundry aisle. And you have a literal reaction just from walking yes. down the aisle. Wow. If I go if I go through that aisle and it's it's horrible for me when I have to buy a laundry detergent because I get like a non-scented, like completely scent-free one. But after going through that aisle, I will have a rash on my on my, the so inside crazy. of my arms, down my neck. It's just ugh, it's bad. Well, when you think about it, the chemicals that they're putting in that can't be no, good for you. No, they're not. And I didn't know that you can get cancer from some candles. Is that a real thing? Um, I don't believe it's proven. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't think that it's been like... I mean, I'm sure if it was proven that they would have... Some notification... Put a warning label on candles. I you would think so, right? You would think, but they just came out. Have you heard about the Skittles thing that just happened? No. I'm gonna butcher this, so don't quote me. But I believe the the dye that they use to color Skittles is so toxic that somewhere I want to say it's the FDA, but it's probably not them. They labeled it not safe for human consumption, and it's literally just the dye. For the Skittles, it's not like some flavor additive or anything. It's literally just the dye. Ew. And it's so toxic that they label it not safe for human consumption. I've eaten a lot of Skittles in my life. I know, me too. Yeah, right? <laughs> but, so I, I don't know. Maybe they wouldn't. But fireplaces aren't good. A lot of people get cancer, supposedly. I haven't done any research into that. But I've heard it enough times where I'm going to parrot it right now. That fireplaces are incredibly toxic because you're just burning wood in your house Mm -hmm. and if you go if you look at the where the ceiling meets the wall in your house you'll often see like black soot Mm -hmm. around it especially if it's been a long time or you haven't painted in decades you can see that sit and it makes sense that oh yeah well you're breathing in that into your lungs and so over a period of time over decades Mm -hmm. probably not great that's true Um, obviously a candle you're probably safe because it's a much smaller scale, but I, you know, honestly, I don't think anything's safe. <laughs> Nothing is safe anymore. I, I don't know. I mean, I do my best to make sure that my candles are as um, non-toxic as possible. I use soy wax um, as opposed to paraffin because the typical. Um, Candles are made with a paraffin wax, which is a petroleum product, which is not good for you. Um, they have, I've read that they have um, found problems with soy wax too. But then again, like it's made from soy and I get mine that was organically grown. So, I mean, if you burn anything, like burning anything is going to cause some kind of an issue to some extent. Just do your best to make sure it's the lesser of all of the evils, I guess. I don't know. And like you said, you are a pretty good litmus, litmus test where if you're reacting just walking down the aisle and you're not reacting to this, you're yes. probably pretty safe. If I can burn it, 
Like it, if I'm not breaking out in hives, I'm sure everyone else is going to be fine with it too. <laughs> you know? That's interesting. I've never heard of anybody reacting just walking down the aisle like that. But it, it checks out. My sister has really sensitive skin and she can't, she doesn't do well with chlorine. She has mm. to use certain detergents because it just does not react well with her certain soaps. And it makes sense because you've got all these chemicals mm-hmm. in this crap that's just on your body 24-7. Yeah. It's not. It's not good for not you great. at all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to burn that. Good. I'm going to burn it in here. That smells really good. That um, is a really good. I'm not like a candle aficionado or anything, but <laughs> I, I would buy that. It smells really good. Cool. Good. Good. Do you want to? We can wrap this up. We've already been going for two hours. Do you want to plug? Oh, we've been here for two hours? Yeah. Dude. <laughs> I know. Do you want to plug where people can find you, where they can find the cauldron? Yeah. So um, I'm at azilascauldron.com. It's A-Z-I-L-A-S cauldron, um, C-A-U-L-D-R-O-N. <laughs> little spelling bee action yeah, right there. Yeah, I think I got that right. Um, but yeah, azilascauldron.com. I'm also on um, Instagram and Facebook as azilascauldron. Um, I'm pretty much everywhere as Azila's Cauldron. So And people can buy your stuff yeah, from so, the website. Yeah, everything is available online. Um I have my readings listed on my website. I have all of my products listed on my website. Um everything I offer there is handmade by me. So yeah. That's awesome. And you also do a Patreon? I do actually. Um I'm doing um readings on Patreon currently. Um, I just started my Patreon though, so I'm still working on adding things to it. Um, I'm still super new to that, so I don't even know like what you typically add on a Patreon, to be honest. But um, currently I'm posting um, just kind of general energy readings um, every single day of the week. So, How do you like that? I've been thinking about looking into Patreon, but I, I'm not sure. Running a Patreon? Yeah. Um, I know you just said that you haven't been doing it very long, but do you like it? How do you like I the platform? I do. Um, it's pretty easy to use. It's um, pretty straightforward. It's simple. You can pretty much post whatever you want. That's what I like about it. Is yeah. Being behind the paywall like that, you can really get away with a lot more than yeah. you can on YouTube yes. or anything like that. Yes. And I've, I've seen people um, have pretty good success from just posting things like you know, doing a live every Friday night for Patreons or um, offering early access for YouTube videos like a week in advance or something like that. So, yeah, it's the sky's the limit with what you can do for the people who subscribe to Patreon. And it's a nice way for the people who really enjoy your content to support you in a way that's not like purchasing products or something like that. It's just sign up for the Patreon and you know, get whatever it is that you're deciding to offer there. So Yeah, I wouldn't put the podcast behind the paywall, but I would do maybe a weekly interactive live episode or something like that. Yeah, that would be... Because you can get away. I like the idea of being able to get away with a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, do you go by Kristen or Azila? Do you I, I have a favorite I go by either. Name? Honestly, I... Honestly, I hate the name Kristen. I don't like it at all. So Azila is kind of the go-to. Yeah, I, I mean... Some people will never stop calling me Kristen, you know, friends and family and stuff like that. But I don't know. I resonate a lot with Azila and I use them both. So have you thought about changing your name to Azila? I've thought about it. 
thought about it. Still just kicking it still around. Still thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still kind of entertaining that idea, but I might do it. I might not. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Well, this was awesome. I really enjoyed talking with you. <laughs> yeah, you uh, too. Thank you again for the candle. I'm, uh, well, thank I'm you excited. for having me. Yeah, it was on. my, it was my this pleasure. This was fun. Yeah, we'll have to do it again. Yeah. Really? Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Bye.